Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 51. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, what's up, buddy? 51 today, man. I know, 51, and we're starting something new, or trying something new, so um, we've done 50 episodes, purely podcast, um, but today we're going with a recording a video. We're not going to, so we'll put it like this, if the video turns out okay and there's no problems, we'll upload to YouTube, um, and then if that goes well, then we're going to start trying to live stream a lot of these episodes on YouTube or Periscope or somewhere uh, when we record them on Friday. We, we're, we're new to the software, we're new trying it out, and so we're not... Not not ready to go full yet, but uh, I'm excited about this, Josh. I mean, this is kind of the the next step, and hopefully, this will allow us to be more interactive with listeners, take questions, and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm also a little nervous, man. We uh, we're we're kind of under the gun now. People watching, you know, our facial expressions, or if we mess <laughs> up, man, we you don't have any time to go back and edit. <laughs> well, I'm just worried that they they may see what we look like and go, oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 put put the podcast back in. I can't look at it no more. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I, it's not so much I'm worried about me messing up, Ryan. It's more uh, more you. That's uh, <laughs> this is my concern. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't blame you. There's good reason for that. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, last week we announced that we have our new sponsor, which is Drilling Info, and really excited about this because. Um, you know, Drilling Info has partnered with us. We said three trial offers last week, Josh, and um, they, they, I talked to them this week because one of them is gone, and they said they're going to put it back up. They're, they're, they're retweaking the offer for the listeners. So right now, there's two offers available, oil field services and um, the landman and land professionals uh, free trials. So the, the trader, if you're a trader, that one will be back up, but right now it's currently not. Um, but anyways, regardless, globalenergymedia.com slash DI, globalenergymedia.com slash DI is where you can find that free trial offer. Go go try it out. Go sign up. It helps Josh and I out. We're not getting any money if you sign up or anything like that, but it does help uh, folks like Goldberg, uh, like Drilling Info and other potential sponsors of the show um, You know, understand what our listeners are interested in and helps me and Josh understand what you guys are interested in so we can partner with companies, um, hopefully bring you guys good value. Now, Josh, I'm about to go through um, you know, our, our normal routine here, but last week we had a really, really smart listener come on. Mm. Uh, Horn Frog, I think was his name, and leave a, a five-star rating and talk about who does the the hard work of the show and really really laid it on thick it was it was it was appropriate to say the least did we have any other you know smart listeners come on this week well we uh we we did have a five-star review no written content but it was still a five-star review ryan and you know i've been doing a little research into this horn guy i think i think uh his initials may be RR. I'm wondering if you went in and wrote the review, man. I'm I'm uh I'm questioning it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But I will go leave a five star review and talk about how great I am if that's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove it's not me. Just to prove it's not me. So you so you can, can so you can see Horn Frog and me in the same room at the same time. I will I will be happy to leave a five star review and talk about how um how hard I work compared to you. That's not that's not a problem for me. Speaking of iTunes, as always, you can find the show in iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher. If you have the Android app, we recommend the Spreaker app. That is a great spot to find not only this show, Oil & Gas Market Recap, Energy Week, and um, any other oil & Gas shows that we might have coming out in the future. Um, and then, as we mentioned, this show is being recorded today. We're going to upload it. I 
know it's not going to look the best as far as the graphics and stuff. We have some new stuff we're going to work on to get that taken care of. Um, so if it if it looks good when we post the show in the show notes, there will be a link to where you can see it at on YouTube. And you can go check it out there if YouTube's more your style. Um, now, a couple other things. I did not go to the Roseland event, Josh. I forgot to tell you about this. So last week I talked about I heard Chuck Liddell might be at the Roseland event. Well, mm. Chuck Liddell was there. I saw pictures with people of the Iceman himself out in Midland, Texas. So um, hopefully the folks out in Roseland had a great event. As uh, at, least, at least Chuck Liddell was there, which would have been worth the price of admission um, in and of itself. But I do have one event that I'm going to in just about a month now. The um, Pipeline Energy Expo up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I am nominated as a finalist for the One to Watch Award. So excited about that. And... Um, Looking forward to get up to Tulsa. I haven't been to Tulsa in many, many moons. So um, a lot of stuff going on, Josh, as always. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we're working on a deal to be able to promote a crawfish bowl here in Fort Worth. And so I will... uh trying to get all the details about that it's the young professionals of fort worth we're trying to um get everything lined up on when that is and um well, you know, i think i may be there until we're kind of working on the final logistics but anyways i will have that for you hopefully next week awesome awesome ryan that's uh, a lot of good stuff i'm excited about you being the finalist that's uh that's interesting man it's, it's cool that you didn't know about it for for months while while you were in the running so uh, kind of a surprise that it was mentioned. I think you just learned about it last month. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a Sunday night, and the um, the uh, editor in chief or whatever it, or whatever she is for uh, you know digital editor. She's pretty high up at Pinwheel. You know, added me on LinkedIn, and I get people from you know, all different walks that'll add me on LinkedIn. And so I didn't think much about it other than maybe, you know, maybe they're, they're watching, listen to the podcast and curious about what some of the content we're putting out is. And so I added her and, um, and then lo and behold, um, she sends me a message that says, Hey, you're a finalist for this award and, uh, we need to get your information. I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. And so, um, yeah, it's gonna be good. We got a little table set up there we're, we bought a table and so we'll be up there and, uh, really honored, you know, it's just, uh, you know, usually folks like, uh, like little old me don't, don't get stuff like this, just to be a finalist. So anyways, it's, uh, it's definitely an honor. Well, Ryan, you know, we had Weston Martinez on, uh, several, weeks ago maybe maybe about a month and a half ago we had him on the show and we got to talk to him you know he was he was running for the railroad commissioner um the vote happened on march the 6th and uh, i wanted to we have an article here just kind of a rundown of the ballots um so christy craddock obviously she won it this week as the Republican uh, nominee, the Republican primary, and Roman McAllen uh, is the Democratic nominee. So um, the numbers really, really were were pretty one-sided, Ron. To be to be honest. Yeah, yeah, Christy. Um... You know, she, as you look at here on the screen, you know, she had 75% of the vote, Weston, almost 76, Weston coming about 24%, um, and he had about 300,000, she had about a million. Uh, the Democratic side was a lot closer, obviously, of 58 to 41, mm-hmm. but that's still, that's still a pretty big margin. I mean, it's not like that's a, a close race per se, um, but, you know. Uh, so it'll be between Christie and uh, the, uh, uh, Roman. The problem is, is that Christie got more votes in the primary than Roman got, and in, in, in all the Democrats got in the primary. So it should be a landslide vis- uh, victory for Commissioner Craddock. And um, I know we tried to get on the show, Josh, during the election. We could not pull that off. Hopefully we can work that out in the future, maybe after uh, before the next set of campaigns rolls back up. Um, you know, when they got, I think the election is, uh, it's, um, let's see, you're telling the thing. I don't know the exact date. It's later of the year, obviously, but. Um, 
I don't see it right here off the top of my head. I'm, I'm slipping me. But anyways, um, so before her and uh, Roman go into the to the runoff, uh, maybe we can get her on. And Weston is always welcome back on the show as well to talk about. I know he said he wanted to come on to talk oil and gas, so that would be uh, be good to get him back on here maybe in a few months. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a great guy. I enjoyed having him on. Well, um, moving on, Ryan, we have uh, lots of stuff to talk about, uh, lots of stuff in politics and news that's been coming up lately. Uh, we've mentioned a few of these uh, international deals that we're, we're going to talk about, two or three of those today. But uh, first thing we want to talk about, Ryan, is the Port of Corpus Christi. Um, we had Sergio come on the show about a month ago, and you know the port widening the, the canal – uh, the channel there that that's been approved for, I mean, almost a year. It's been a while uh, that they actually approved the infrastructure project. But Sergio mentioned that the president uh, he approved 13 billion uh, to be uh, 13 million with an M uh, to be allocated to them uh, about about two or three weeks ago, and what they're talking about is that they really need 200 million from the federal government to actually move forward with this project and they and to bring it to completion so that's a quite a big gap of what they need in order to get this project done so this article i have here talks about some private companies that are coming in to try to meet the gap and and fill it in and and get this project up and running so that they're not waiting for you know five years for the government to fund enough money to actually get this project to completion uh ryan it, it one of the things i realized when sergio came on is that i'm i really don't understand uh, all the necessary steps that these projects have to take uh, they get approved for infrastructure first then they get approved for funding and then the funding gets approved in individual installments over the span of you know, maybe five or 10 years. So, uh, some things that I'm definitely learning as, as I study and, and read some of the stuff. Yeah, it's a process. And, you know, I, I remember when Sean Strawbridge came on the show back last, uh, was it August, September after the hurricane mm-hmm. and talked about it. And, and just from talking to him, I don't follow the port of Corpus Christi on a daily basis, obviously, but from talking to him, I was kind of on the impression, Hey, this thing is, um, you know, it's getting ready to go. And then a few months later, as you mentioned, um, it's like, okay, well, there, there's something else. There's something else. I, I will say this. I, I do think that the potential for federal funding is a little bit better, or at least more. I think um, Trump allocated, was it $13 million, um, in yep. the budget? I got the article up here on the screen for the viewers. Uh, yeah, $13 million. And they're wanting um, a lot more than that. <laughs> a lot more, It's yeah. like, what, $225 million, I think is what mm. the article said. And so, um, you know, the issue is, so if you go back and look at it, I think this, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The six companies that wrote articles, uh, letters to President Trump expressing um, the need to have um, th- this project done. Oxy, and there's a few others I can't remember. And when that happens, you know, we know what happens, Josh. I mean, if the president gets the letter, then you know those congressmen or congresswomen or whoever's in charge of the vote, they're going to get pressure to do it too. And so um, I think you're going to see oil companies are going to, you know, lobbyists, whatever, are going to send out money and say, hey, um, this is what we need to do um, to make sure that we can get more, um, you know, get this project done. And so, you know, however they want to get more funding, I think is definitely, um, you can see that it's a big gap. And it's going for Congress. And so I, I think that same kind of pressure that the private business put on the, uh, President Trump, they're going to try to duplicate here um, to get this extra, you know, couple, <laughs> couple hundred, couple hundred million dollars. I don't know if they'll be able to do it or not, but I think, I think by the end, when the dust settles, it'll be more than 13 million where that gap falls. I don't know. And I think the final thing is, um, you mentioned the private business. You know, that's one thing, it's one of these problems where, 
you're talking about so much money. Um, you look at it and you say, okay, well, how does um, you know how, how do we do this without the federal government? But actually, I think getting away from the federal government and trying to figure out how to privately fund it is the actual better solution. Absolutely. Um, I, now I know that's a lot of money. I understand there's a lot of problems involved with all that, and I'm not saying that's an easy solution. I'm just saying that hey, you know, it, one of the things that President Trump's administration has done is you've seen um, liberal Democrats who are big government talk about leaving the union or uh, not looking at federal government for funding or di- ignoring the federal government. And I think sometimes conservatives need to look at that too and say, hey, you know what? Is, is there a way to circumvent um, that? What the fe- you know, do it ourselves and then cut the federal government out of this process because um, as we got a story here in a few minutes, you know, uh, it, it's a pain to deal with this process. And so I, I hope they get it done. I don't know if the private businesses will be able to fund it. Obviously, it's a lot of money, um, but but I'm I'm optimistic that the project will get done because it's so vital to what we need done in in our uh, country. Well, you know, as I was thinking about it. Ryan, reading through some of the details, uh, one thing here it has is uh, some of these private businesses have put, I think, $23 billion in Freeport. This is with a B, $43 billion in Brownsville and $50 billion in Corpus Christi and these private companies that are investing in these channels. So I think what – in some of these ports. But I think what is important is uh, if these private companies do it, I can guarantee you that those costs will go down. Uh, government funding always – always overspends. They always do. Private companies, when they're investing their own money and they're trying to get the best return on investment, can bring those numbers way down. And I think uh, if, if we can figure out a way, or if they can figure out a way, obviously it's too big of a deal for me to figure out, but if they can figure out a way to make these private companies very profitable for investing that money, then it, uh, it's something that will get done. I mean, it, it'll be done much faster, I think, than even if the government were to fund it. So... Uh, oh, yeah. I think you're you're right there, Ron, for sure. We have uh, last week, Ryan, was our question questions of the month. We had a listener that mentioned some uh, some of his frustrations with articles and and information that he was reading on technology in the oil industry. Uh, and so there was a article uh, with NPR that came out that uh, the title of the article is "America's Oil Boom Is Fueled by a Tech Boom." So reading through the article, um, I noticed a lot of what our, our the guy that sent in our question last week, a lot of the frustrations were actually apparent in this article, a language that never really mentions any specific um, technological advancements. It just refers to it in general, technological advancements. And, and it has some of these caricatures, like it mentions once, where it says we, we're doing it out of the uh, back of a pickup and we're you know, drilling oil and now we're in a air conditioned room looking at a computer screen. So right. um what'd you think about the article, Ron? <laughs> no, I thought it was a a perfect representation of the frustration that some people have. And, you know, we had to realize that you know, when you're in the business and you're doing stuff, it's you 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 know you know, I was talking to someone one time about um, you know, the frustration on, on something. And, you know, they kind of pointed me back and kind of looked at the big picture and how much stuff had changed. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, I hadn't looked at it like that. And so I think, you know, for, for whoever was quoting the article on the name on, on top of my head, um, but when he was quoted, you know, he's like, well, you know, from him, it was a big deal. That is a huge change. You know, you used to do it in the pickup truck. Now they got these computer screens. That's a fundamental shift in how they do things. Um, and so I think that's the issue, 
though, is that for for that person, he's thinking it is a huge change. And um, for us, we're going, okay, well, here, here's what he says. Look at all the computer screens. We used to do frack jobs on, tail, on the tailgate of a pickup, and so we've and we've come a long ways. Um, okay. And, and so I get, I get what he's saying there. He's like, okay, for him, that is a huge change in what's happened. Um, for us, we're like, well, what does that mean? You know, break it down. And if you go, and there's um, someone up here who says, I'm trying to find it in the spot in the article, but they say that they can make more money at $50 a barrel than $100 a barrel. Now, the question is, when you say that, the, the first thing I go to is, okay, well, I have some reason to believe that that's, I, I can see the potential for that on some level, because there's so much waste that goes on at $100. Um, the, the pressure, the demand is so high to get the work done that you're overpaying people, you're, you're, you're reserving companies on hold all the time. I mean, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, it's the wild, wild west. Um, and at $50, you're not doing that. You're a lot more reserved, a lot more conservative. But the question is, is that, you know, is it just a manpower issue? Because that's what the what the um, what the, the listener last week was talking about. Is it just something as simple as a manpower? You just you know you just reduced efficiencies. You just changed up what's going on, or is it something to where you're um, going? You know, uh, well actually we figured out how to do this and do this. And so I think the gap that needs to be bridged is people that are willing to talk about what's going on from A to B to C to D and, and break it down in a little bit more technical terms. And, and that will kind of help everyone understand what do we mean? Because when you say something like, um, we're going from, uh, pickup trucks and co- computer screens. Okay. That, that's great. I get that. That's technological improvement. But what exactly does that mean for someone who may not be in the business? And so I think that's kind of where the frustration is. It's a great article to highlight that. There's a lot of talk about how technology does stuff, but you don't really see a lot of meat and potatoes on what that actually means. And if you're curious about that kind of stuff, you know, you would want to know because this is the kind of stuff that you see over and over and over again on, um, on these types of articles. Yeah. I mean, he mentions the, you know, move to some of the horizontal drilling, which is obviously a huge advancement. Right. And, and I think, I think, uh, I think Ryan, I, he's kind of playing on, you, you had an analogy about cell phones, you know, the move from the razor to the iPhone one. Um, he's talking about that, uh, in, right. in this article. Um, he's not giving us advancements made in the last five, four, three, two, one years, you know, uh, in, in the last couple of years about advancements that have been made in the industry. So I think he's giving you a big, a, you know, a big picture look. Um, but I definitely, I definitely see some of the frustration that, that, uh, the question that came in. And as I was reading it, you know, I, I was looking for some specifics and there really, there really weren't any. So, um, I think that would be great if, if people would move to something like that. Hey, Ryan, we, talked about uh about the economy the uh, u.s becoming a net exporter of oil i believe by 2020 was uh was what they were estimating we have news here that uh that, that came out this week that for the first time in 60 years the u.s is now a net exporter of lng uh this is this is pretty pretty big news i, I know it has a lot to do with the deal that we made with china about two weeks ago um and and some of these contracts that have been coming up. So, um, what do you think about this, Ryan? That we're a net exporter of LNG. Is this is this going to be great for the economy? Good. What do you think? Yeah, I mean these LNG contracts are very long term deals, and so um, anytime you lock up something in the LNG market, you know you're looking at a very long term lengthy contract. Whereas um, you know in some other types of markets, it's not nearly as long. Um, 
you know, LNG is an interesting thing because it, all the predictions are basically saying that that is the the fuel of the future. And so, um, being a net exporter, you know, it's a, it's a good thing because you can sell to other people. The other thing about anytime you're exporting a product is if you look at this from a geopolitical standpoint, um, somewhat in Japan, let's just take Japan. So Japan does not have a ton of natural resources, and so they're dependent on getting their natural resources from other nations. Um, now that means, so let me back up there. So Japan and the U.S. are allies, but Japan has to get its natural resources maybe from somewhere that's not friendly to the U.S. So that puts Japan in a bad spot because they're having to depend on their energy from somewhere who's not friendly to the U.S., but they're an ally to the U.S. So you can see from a geopolitical standpoint how all this stuff becomes very messy and it's just you know <laughs> it can be quite interesting to say the least and so I, I think that you know anytime that you can be an exporter a net exporter um you can kind of help your allies at least to stay loyal to you because then you can sell to um you can sell to them whereas someone else was selling to them before yeah well it, you know one of the one of the things it says in here ryan is that when we become a net exporter of oil that the demand for not oil uh LNG, that the demand for LNG in our own economy goes up and therefore the prices go up in our specific economy. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing what if, if you know gas prices go up for everyone? Well, I mean, it, it just depends. You say things like this, um, the gas prices going up means that the demand's high, which means that the economy's going good. So when, uh, when if, if you're looking at it, um, right now and you said gasoline prices let's use gasoline prices because everyone sees that when gasoline prices are going up then that means the demand for oil is high the demand for oil and high means that there's a lot of stuff being built a lot of, there's a lot of reasons that we're using a lot of oil which means the economy is good um but it also means that everything's getting a little bit more expensive, and sometimes it is a precursor to a reset, uh, uh, maybe a recession or a dip in the economy. So, yeah, it is good, but the market works, and it has to respond and it has to balance itself out. But, um, you know, when prices are up, it just means the demand's high. What you don't want to see is like a false, you know, where the, where the, where the demand's falsely up, like with diamonds. You know, diamonds are high for no reason. You know, <laughs> I was talking about my wife and kids about the other day. You know, diamonds, they're supposed to be a rare and precious jewel. Man, when are we going to run out of them things? Because... <laughs> I mean, you, you buy a diamond at the store for your wife and you can't resell it for half of what you bought it for, but it's supposed to be rare and precious. So that's kind of a false, in my opinion, a false narrative about something that's high. Um, whereas, you know, oil and gas is responding to the market and it's actually being, the price is inflated because it's in demand and the supply is getting weaker. And so you, when you see that, the price goes up, which means that people have money to spend. If they don't have money to spend, they ain't driving their they ain't driving their cars. They ain't building new houses. They're not you know running this heavy equipment. You know petrochemicals aren't being done. You know commodities aren't being taken across the country. So all of that stuff is tied together in that standpoint. Yep. Yep. Uh, and and, I, and you mentioned sometimes the false narrative, like uh, when we had the war in Iraq and the oil prices went up, just ridiculous. Gas prices went up to you know three sixty nine four dollars a gallon. Uh, some of that had to do with fear I right. think with with, right. uh, with fear that wasn't necessarily accurate but um, but I, I think for the most part what you're saying is high demand higher prices usually indicate that the economy is doing good so uh, I think uh, with us becoming a net exporter of LNG we would expect to see LNG prices begin to rise in our economy which overall should be a good thing and I think once you look at it as well Ron once LNG prices begin to go up in our economy they 
probably start drilling more, which brings the prices back, back down. down. So, right. Uh, yeah. So that yeah, we're limited on, on on the on the drilling side of things. You know, um, if you look at kind of the historic natural gas chart, you know, you had that bubble that burst, and it's never really recovered since then. And so, you know, the question really is. Um, Will it recover? And I mean, I say recover. It's it's been balanced. It's been a, a steady kind of market for a while, but will it recover to six or five or seven? You know, um, and as you mentioned, you know, you would expect as is the, that that's what I'm watching to see over these next you know kind of five ten years is the the talk about the increased demand. You would expect to see more and more of these prices rise up, and then um, the companies going out there can they will they drill it back down? Um, Saudi Arabia announced they got a, a huge gas play, so. Um, yeah, but we have a ton of natural gas, though, and I, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see is how much can the price actually rise um, compared to people being able to drill it down. Because like in the Permian, we talked, God, Josh, we talked a while back about the Permian, and maybe it's the number one or number two <laughs> exporter uh, of, nat- of natural gas or something like that, something crazy, and they're mm-hmm. not even drilling for natural gas. They're they're drilling for it, yep. And so yep. it's, it's just crazy. Well, Ryan, you mentioned a story about uh, some of these processes of getting these uh, infrastructures approved. We have here the FERC uh, OK's construction on Valley Crossing project to deliver gas into Mexico. Uh, so this this is a deal. Um, not, we haven't been talking about this specific deal. We've been talking about the concept of this deal for quite a while now. Uh, but the FERC OK's this construction, and Ryan, I must admit to you when I read it, I'm not sure where this process is. Is this okay in the infrastructure? Is this okay in the uh, the funding? Uh, so what what exactly is it? Is this and how long is it before this work gets underway? So not really sure there, but it is something that is in the process of going through the steps to to get put into place and implemented. So good news all around. I think. Yeah, I think there's two things. One. I mean, I hate to keep pointing this out, but you know, we talk about projects needing to get approved on this show. They get approved, Josh, and so you know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm confident that the Port of Corpus Christi will get the money because we keep talking about it, and so yep. and they're listening. They're, you know, we know Trump listens to the show, um, as we kid about, of course. No, it says it's good to go. So you know, it's one of those things where you read it and the face value it looks like it's good to go, and um, so I think everything's rolling, but. Um, yeah, it, you are right, though. When you read these headlines sometimes, you had to kind of get in there and read it and read it from two or three different authors to make sure that you're understanding fully of where the process is because the headlines definitely can be misleading um, depending on what the topic is. Well, Ryan, we're about to finish a few things up with some mergers, acquisitions, uh, job report. Uh, there's been a, quite a few deals that have happened this week. Hey, we're hey focus. Josh, real quick. Oops, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. That's fine. It's fine. I just had an article here that we that we'd set off to the side, and I wanted I wanted to get into it if we had a, if we have some time about the uh, we talked about the false narrative of the market about Trump going to North Korea. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, now that we mentioned that, I, I saw that and I actually took it out because I thought. It was a waste of time, but on that subject, it's uh, actually great to great to mention. You know, Trump uh, just announced. I don't. I don't think Trump did. An, uh, his administration announced that uh, he was going to be meeting Kim Jong Un in North Korea sometime. Uh, not, not a disclosed date yet, but they're supposed to be meeting. And Ryan, there was an article that came out that said that the oil prices actually began to respond positively. That oil prices went up upon the announcement of that meeting. Um, and for the life of me, Ron, I just don't understand how that happens. I just, I just don't, I don't understand why people with, 
you know, would, would actually do that when just on an announcement. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it's silly. I mean, let's just be honest. It's silly. That kind of goes back to that diamond thing. The prices being adjusted, or like you were talking about, the headlines in the early 2000s, oil prices move on fear, fear of potential shortage. Um, and I'm not saying that you can't react and, and predict and, and, and try to think about that. But, you know, listen, we're talking about a potential meeting. And I had the article pulled up here on the, on the viewer, but it did the, the page crashed. I don't know. But, um, you know, it, so first off, the question is, is that are oil prices actually reacting to this news? Okay, so that's the first thing. Um, hmm. But the other thing is, is if they are, if you're a trader and you're reacting to this news, I have very little, I have very, very little belief that you actually believe that this is going to impact the oil and gas market. However, you can create a little bit of volatility in the price and you can make a few bucks. And that's the hmm. thing here. I keep talking about this over and over again. Just watch how they do this stuff. And listen, I'm not mad at them. I'm fine with it. That's the game they play. I'm a capitalist. If they're not breaking laws, they make money, go for it. So I'm not angry. I'm just saying that for, for folks like me and you, Josh, who are just sitting out here hanging out and, you know, maybe I should start trading off the news like this because, you know, it's just, yeah. it seems this is the way to go. But, um, but you know, it, it, to me, it's just one of these headlines. It's like, okay, hold on. We, we If you want to talk about it, that's fine. But we also need to kind of um, point out that there's no reason in the world that the oil price should be affected by President Trump potentially meeting with North Korea. Okay, yeah. if President Trump meets with North Korea, it might not even need to be changed. Until there's a deal signed and executed, it doesn't need to be – it really changed. I mean, I can see, you know, talk of a deal. Maybe you're a little bit worried. But, but again, most of that stuff is overreaction. Um, and so the, the level of reaction that's appropriate, you know. So think about this. So if Trump um, were to go and to meet with um, – um, uh, Kim Jong Un or you know, I always get it backwards. Which one died? Which one's alive? But uh, North Korea, and they were to talk about putting a deal together, and you go, oh well, this deal could um, allow the U.S. to sell oil to North Korea, yada yada. Okay, and then you traded differently based upon that presumption. It doesn't mean we know with President Trump, but I'm not being critical here. But he's a negotiator, and so he just says stuff all the time. And it's hard to figure out what he's going to execute on and what he's not going to execute on. So, um, so I, I think this is just for the traders. That's where they make their money off of trading, off of speculation, off of news. And hey, President Trump's going to North Korea. Let's just you know rally the oil prices. So when the oil, when the rig count comes out on Friday and it's a little bit high, we can devalue it and we make money. So that's just kind of my my take on it yeah i mean that's uh that's the only reasonable explanation of why it would be affected at all i think uh so yeah you have some i mean you have some people out there who are probably you know reactionary traders but don't understand the market but they're they're not enough to actually impact the market those are people who just don't understand and so you know they'll read this headline and they'll do something but the people who understand they know they know what's going on yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, we have uh, three three mergers, acquisitions that we wanted to talk about today. Maybe four if you if you count the last one. Yeah, the last one is just kind of something I wanted to mention in passing. But the first one, Ryan, is Ace Gathering announces its acquisition of Recoil Energy Systems. So Recoil Energy was uh, headquartered in Abilene, Texas. It is being uh, acquired by Ace Gathering, so uh, it's a company to keep 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 your eye out for. They have a good management team and are trying to make some plays um, in in the in Midland and I think the Permian uh, this year. So uh, definitely something to keep keep your eye on. This was a, a deal that I, I 
haven't quite seen one like this, Ryan. QEP sales event, half million acres outside of Permian up for grabs. 85% of their acreage, they're going to get rid of it. They're going to divest 85% of their acreage. They're expected to bring in two to three billion in proceeds. So they are, they're really wanting to, uh, to really. S- narrow down their 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 focus into the permian uh and to get a lot less acreage and really become efficient uh at at that one area and get rid of a lot of this other acreage uh you've seen much like this ron where people get rid of acreage at this uh at this capacity this level yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think it depends on what the cor- the, corp- the company structure is. Um, we are seeing this trend that companies are trying to go. You know, where where is the best acreage at now, and how can I drill that? And so that it makes sense. Um, you know, I tell you, be honest with you, Josh. When I, when I read this story, you know what I thought of about that two to three billion dollars. Um, I thought about if you had that two, if you if you could sell something for two to three billion dollars, we could go back and buy that ranch that we looked at from T Boone Pickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nine hundred fifty million. Yeah. 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 We could we could just barely after we pay taxes to the government and all that, we'd have a little bit of money left over. We could go buy T Boone Pickens' ranch out there and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but no, I think we're going to see a lot of this as companies go to do to figure out what is their core business, where is their best spot at, and um, Wall Street is is tightening up on. I mean, they're still giving money. Don't be wrong, but. They're looking at wildcatters, shell producers a lot differently. And so, hey, they're focusing on return. It's it's actually good we go through these corrections because, you know, if QEP is not really, you know, suited to drill in the Williston, okay, we'll, we'll get someone who is and let them drill because they'll make more money. And so this, this is the market. This is how the market works. And so um, 85% is a large chunk of your acreage, but it probably means that they were spending a lot. We, we talk about this real quick we talk about this increased efficiencies and increased technology okay here it is right here <laughs> you know getting rid of bad acreage that's actually a, a way to increase your your quote-unquote technology and your quote-unquote efficiency mic and your quote-unquote uh technology and efficiency by getting rid of stuff that you're not good at and so um i'm not saying that they were bad at this i'm just saying that they're obviously better at the permian is what they think Yep. So uh, interesting to to watch them. QEP sales event. So I'm, I, I want to keep our eye on QEP and see how they do this year, 2018. Uh, we need to make sure we, we make a note to follow up with um, with how they're performing. Um, and, and 2018 may be a little too soon. Maybe it would be you know the second quarter of 2019 even. Let's take a look at them. Ryan, we have a company, Marathon, sells uh, some of their Libya stake to Total for $450 million. Um, Marathon's doing basically what QEP is. They're trying to get rid of some some oil uh, in these other places so that they can invest more in the Permian. So uh, kind of the theme of what a lot of companies are in the process of doing, Ryan. And, you know, Marathon, uh, not Marathon, but Total, uh, just a monstrous company out of France. Uh, when I say monstrous, they're just big and they're huge. Uh, uh, two or three days after this was announced, um, I had news that Total was closing on a $5 billion Maersk oil acquisition. Uh, and they're making they're making some moves, I believe it's in the North Sea. So, my goodness, a $5 billion deal right after a $450 million acquisition from Marathon. So, Total is making some Right. It's just huge moves uh, right now. 
Yeah, a company like Total, they have the the infrastructure, the capacity, the money to kind of to kind of do that, um, you know. And so make makes sense for them. It's, you know, and it kind of goes back to something we talked about before, Josh, is that we we think that M and A is still going to happen. This is going to look different, and this is kind of how we're seeing it. Pick companies are trying to figure out how to uh, bundle up their assets and focus it on a core area. Other companies who can process it from A to A, a to Z, they're going to pick up some assets, and so it's uh it's it's you know I think I'm encouraged by stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, different for sure. It's definitely a, a different landscape than what we were looking at last year. Uh, Ryan, is there anything that we need to talk about? I think that's all for us on the jobs report. Um, I, uh, I checked the rig count, drilling info. I uh, checked the rig count this morning. They were at 1,055, which was up 1%. Uh, so I think things are just kind of hanging in there. Uh, I, I, not Nothing not, not too big of a swing yet. I, I really want to check this at the end of the month to see where we're at, to see kind of what it looks like month over month. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's the one thing I do like about their chart is that they give you access to is the 30-day chart. So you look back, it, it was a it was 1,052 30 days ago. Um, and it's kind of popping through here. It uh, looks like 1,032 is the low and... A thousand fifty-six is the high. So we've been from you know we, it's a thirty that's a thirty rig swing you know twenty I'm sorry twenty rig swing, and so that's not that's not a lot. I mean it's not even ten percent, and so it's you know it's just I got the chart up here pulled up for the viewers, and you know it's just east to west, you know just kind of this nice rolling hills, and so. You know, and, and that's kind of goes back to that trader thing. The the rig count, the, the rig count. There's not a lot to report on, and so hey, Trump goes to North Korea. Let's uh, <laughs> let's buy some wool or sell some wool. Yeah, yeah, let's make a deal. But uh, but hey, speaking of drilling info, Josh, we need to thank our sponsor, which is again drilling info, and they've got two free offers right now. The third one will be coming back. I'm not sure when we're working on that. Um, Oilfield Service Company, or if you are a landman, land professional, or hey, a surveyor, you know, you're looking to get access to title. You know, they have like 144. Here's right here. They have documents for more than 144 counties, and I've heard them talk about going buying out the courthouses. They just go and you know, buy all the documents they possibly can. So they actually have all kinds of stuff. The oil field services offer is pretty neat. Colin Westmoreland came on at NAEP, talked about some of that stuff. So if you're in oil field services, you know, know where the rigs are at, stuff like that, go check that out. It's uh, on the screen, globalenergymedia.com slash DI, globalenergymedia.com slash DI. Be sure to sign up for one free trial um, and let us know what you think about it for um, not only for us and to, to understand what's going on with um, with their services, but for our listeners. We want to know, is this the kind of services and products we should bring to you guys? Um, because, you know, Josh, we like partnering with companies, but if the company can't bring our listeners any value, then it's no help, um, no help for the listeners. So, um, and then the final thing is um, that I forgot what I was going to say, Josh. I don't, I don't even... Well, I have <laughs> I two, two, two things for you, Ryan. Yeah, two, go ahead. Two things for you. Uh, we need some questions questions yes, of the month it. we we need we need to get the questions in so for all of our listeners uh if you have any questions uh, if you if you want to try out the drilling info yep. uh if you have questions about the product if you have a uh, if you have a review you know you want to ch- try it out and leave us a written response of what you think of, of the product um anything just g- send in some questions send in some things that we can answer at the beginning of april uh, or may uh, get those into us also uh, ratings and reviews. Somebody left us a five-star review 
uh, huge shout out. Thanks for that. Any, uh, any written reviews would be great. So to all of our listeners, if you get a chance, it helps us out more than you know. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of people, Josh, I'm glad you brought that up. The questions was one thing that I, that I want to talk about. Um, uh, but the rating review, I get a lot of people who will come to me and say, Hey, I really want to help the show out. And it's so funny because I, so I appreciate that. So it's really simple for, for those of you who listen to the show and say, I want to help your show out. The easiest thing and the simplest things you can do are a uh, written review and a rating in iTunes. That's the first thing. So if you do that, that helps us out tremendously. Like you, like you said, Josh, people don't really understand sometimes, you know, it's, we, we're always asking for it. And that's because it actually helps us in iTunes, which is the largest podcast platform in the world. So it helps us there. Questions and answers. You sending in questions and answer, uh, questions to the show or critiques or, hey, I think you got this wrong. We had a listener um, who sent in some stuff on the Oil and Gas Market Recap the other day about, hey, uh, this is some stuff that you guys didn't cover on a certain topic. And we loved it. It was very helpful. And so um, you know, questions, comments, concerns on the show, that helps us understand the type of content that you're interested in because we want to know, hey, how do we cover the stories that are pertinent to what you want to hear about? Um, and then sharing the show. And so those are the three things. Uh, rating and review on iTunes questions and answers, sharing the show. And then, oh, finally, if we have a free trial like this with Julian Info, signing up because that, that lets Julian Info know that our listeners um, do care. So those are the four things I should say that, that, that are all simple, Josh. People um, come to me and say, hey, I want to help the show out. It's really simple stuff that we need that helps the show out, helps us grow, helps us get the word out there, and hopefully helps us put on better content like uh, hopefully we'll be doing the video and the live stream soon. 